Hey gang, how are you? Kevin Goatee, Gutting the Sacred Cow. Here we are. We brought back one of our absolute favorites, Dave Landau, doing Goodwill Hunting. And you may have noticed that this episode is a little longer than most. Why? Because it is that goddamn funny. I know, we always go from 45 minutes to 60-ish. Dave brought out the best in us and vice versa. I guarantee, without any disrespect to our past guest, this is a top three episode. It is that funny. We get down to the rabbit hole of a lot of things and it is hilarious. I would not have kept it in there if it wasn't. Trust me on that. And if I'm wrong, tell me in the con in the comment sections. And of course, we'll, we'll keep that in mind for the next episodes and back to our usual 45 to 60 minute clips. First things first, Gutting the Sacred Cow live show. Bill and Joanne uh, from the from the morning show on Compound Media will be at doing our live show at the Clifton, New Jersey AMC Theater, January 23rd, 2021. Get your tickets now, guttingthesacredcow.com. While you're at guttingthesacredcow.com, go grab a hat bag, shirt, mug, whatever, cell phone cover, Christmas time, Hanukkah time, Kwanzaa time, Festivus time, who cares what the reason is. Grab something for someone at work or your friend or family. GuttingTheSacredCow.com has all that and then some. Lastly, thank you all for helping us get to number 32 on the iTunes Top 100 Movie Film Review list. That's so awesome. How do we get there? You telling your friends. You spreading the word. You writing those five-star ratings and two-sentence, three-sentence reviews. Those help. Thank you so much. Please continue to do so if you have not yet done so. Give us that review on your podcast platform of choice. Without further ado, here's Dave Landau doing Goodwill Hunting. Gather round, here's what I know. It's just that this cow has got to go. Blue Horseshoe Loves Anacott Steel. Kevin Israel, name that film. No idea. Fuck you. This is a bad streak you're on right now. No idea. Uh, how about you, our esteemed guest, Dave Landau from the Anthony Kubi Show? Any idea where that film is from? Say it again. I was pulling up my notes. All right. Blue Horseshoe Loves Anacott Steel. Oh, man. You got me. Wall Street. Oh, yeah. Why did you know that? That was the name of the airline. I knew it. Here we are, kids, gutting the sacred cow. Good God. I don't know what episode number this says. We're back, Kevin Israel. How are you, sir? What's going on? Good. What's happening with you? No, you know, just making magic happen. But let's take one hot second and thank our audience because of you. We recently hit number 32 on the iTunes Top 100 Film Reviews. You guys and girls are the tits. Thank you so much. Keep those five-star rating and two-sentence, three-sentence reviews coming in. And we listen to our fans. And that is why we have brought back the lovable, affable, hilarious Dave Landau. What's up, Dave? How are you doing? Hey, how are you, Kevins? Uh, See how I did that? Oh, look at you. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, Work the room like the wizard you are. That's what you do. You play to the crowd. (laughs) 
Dave, 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 <laughs> we're on the diner already. Crowd it is. Dave and I made each other giggle for an hour while Dave did Philadelphia, and the crowd outpouring was so much. So we got to get Landau back. I said, you know what? No, sustained, as they say in legalese. So Dave has decided to come back and do a film. I think this is a pretty daunting task. Yeah, this is He's a big chosen one. Good Will Hunting. Yes. A 1997 budget of 10 million bucks. A haul of 225.9 million in 2020 dollars. Uh, 16.2 million, 366 million dollar haul. Wow. That is That's big money. That's big the money. ROI. That's like Blair Witch ROI we're talking. That's really uh I was not aware of the low budget. Yeah. Yeah, and, I don't think anybody got paid for that movie. It's very Gus Van Zant though. It, well, we'll get to that. That is for sure. Yes. INDB, as we know, is a scale one through ten with decimal points. We're going to go with our guest first. Dave, what did Goodwill Hunting score on the IMDB scale? I got to go 7.1. Kevin Israel. No, no, I'm going to go way higher than that. I'm going to go 9-1. 8-3. Wow. Nice. Splitting the difference. Yeah. Wow, we're right in the middle there. Yeah. Kevin Israel, as you know, Rotten Tomatoes is a one through 100 percentage score. What did the critics give Goodwill Hunting? I would have gone in the 90s, but because of the IMDb rating, I think I'm going to have to drop down a little bit. I'm going to say uh, I'm going to say an 87. Dave Landau. I'm going to go 76. 98. God damn it. 98. 98? This was a critic's darling. I remember that very well. It got smiling for so many. They won. I'm surprised you didn't go in the 90s. That one, the IMDb threw off a little bit. I get that. But now this was a nine. It was in the 90s. I wasn't even looking. Audience score. I know. Audience score. Uh, Sorry, Kevin Israel, give me the the, uh, audience score. Or did you? Um, 92. Dave, I'm, I was going to say 93, honestly, but now I'm thinking 105. <laughs> Everybody's just going <laughs> to credit. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go 93. 94. <laughs> wow. Oh, both showcases oh, man. to Dave if this Landau. Was, if this was Price is Right, I would have been stabbing you in the head. Mm, oh, wow. <laughs> that is something. People yeah, love know, right? this film. <laughs> Quotes. Quotes. The obvious, how do you like them apples? And three, yes. I thought that was, that were, this one I really laughed at. You bench? Yeah, 285. What about you? Hey, did you paint that over there? <laughs> I had that. Funny one. And then I told him to go fuck himself. I swallowed a bug. <laughs> yes. No, it's a fucking joke, but if it works better, if I tell it in the first person. That's a comics line right there. It is. I loved it. Kevin Israel, what stood out to you? Uh, I mean, I've, I've, I've said this one in definitely drunk. My boy's wicked smart. <laughs> uh, yes. The oh, this one, I this one's always stuck with me. And watching it again, it, it's such a creepy line. Sometimes people get lucky. You're a brilliant man. 
That Ooh. scene where the TA is like comforting the other. Oh, that creepy fucking yeah, TA. Yeah, he comes up to him and he like puts his hand. He's like, "You're a brilliant man." That always creeped me out so much. When I saw this in the theater, I thought that he was gonna kill Matt Damon because he was yeah. jealous that yeah. he was that that uh, uh what's his tits? Oh God, the the Swedish guy was giving him all the attention. The Professor Lambo was giving him all the attention instead of. Uh, the, the creepy TA. How many TAs in films have been creepy? That's one. Let's go with the creepy guy from Olds from a Road Trip. The guy Road who. The, yep, the, that's who I was. That was yeah, my next yeah. one. Yep. And was there another one in Old School? I haven't seen Old School in so long. Say, no, there wasn't. That was, was, there, a, that was Animal House? Sorry, I mean to cut you off. Was the there TA? one in Animal House? No, it was no, just. The, it professor was just Donald, was, the professor was creepy in Animal House. Yeah, Donald Sutherland yeah, was Donald, creepy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where he's banging, what was her face? Karen Allen. Yeah, and he's just walking around without any pants on. Old school did have the principal, or not the principal, the whatever. Jeremy Piven. Piven. Yeah. But he, Jeremy he had Piven. an assistant who was he, he was, he was the one that gives the line that's like, actually, it's kind of funny. They're very good at paperwork. And he's like, oh, are they funny? Are you a comedian now? Are you a stand-up comedian? Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Neither is Jeremy Piven. hey Yeah, he had to tone down his douchiness for that role. No, he had to define something because he got me to the fuck out of and he goes, hmm, what else can I do? Ah, that was a wise ass and entourage. Maybe I can pay someone to have an act for me for 45 minutes and go play Levity Live. Yeah, I met him. It was a real pleasure. <laughs> Just a pleasure of a human being. Were, were his hair plugs sweating as he shook your hand? Uh, he was wearing a hat when I ah, met him. But I took, a, I took a picture and I said, I met the great Ari Gold tonight. And uh, it was very insincere. He is. <laughs> he lives up to his reputation. Do you know, fun fact, but not about this. He actually had, I believe, mercury poisoning because all he did was eat sushi all the time. Oh, yeah. Oh, I yeah. heard about that. Remember Didn't that? he, like, collapse on set or something like that? I believe Let's so. Let's hope so. Maybe it was he hepatitis had, uh, B. Yeah. Well, I know he walks around in, like, a big sun hat. Like, have you ever just Googled how he dresses? No, I haven't, but now I have to. I guess Stephen Dorff is really nice, too, and he, like, picked a fight with him in the middle of a restaurant. Really? Yeah, for no reason. He, he, was, in this, he was in this movies in the early 90s. It must have been, like, his first movie where he was an aspiring screenwriter, and he, he gave tours of Hollywood on a bus during the day. And it was, like, such a – like, it feels like a – I remember thinking it's, like, a Lifetime movie. Oh, and yeah. It's just so – it was such a bad movie, but that, I think that's what kickstarted his career. He, I, actually, well, uh, he was in One Crazy Summer. I remember that. He was also in Lucas. I've, I didn't see that until recently. He was, I think, the, yeah, the def- I think the defensive lineman or a quarterback. And even back in 1985, motherfucker was losing his hair. That yep. sucks. They say Corey Haim uh, got banged next to a trailer by Charlie Sheen using Crisco as lube. Fun fact. That is some highfalutin shit right there. Sorry what? to your audience. But that's, that's, <laughs> oh, I don't know if you want to Google it. But. Fun fact. That's <laughs> why Charlie Sheen is alive with AIDS and Corey Haim is dead. Fun fact. Yeah, he's the one who fucked the, the hot out of Denise Richards, and here we are, Corey Haim is dead. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> one more fun fact. So apparently... Uh, my wife told me this. Again, I, I haven't Googled. This is all just off the cuff. That him, Piven, and... Um, John Cusack were best friends in Chicago, if I yes. recall correctly. And 
um, Cusack's mom or dad owned, they have the parents owned an acting studio. They came up together. Cusack got so many roles for Piven as they were coming up. But when Piven just popped and left Cusack in the dust, fucking Piven 86 him out of his life and Cusack hates him for not returning the favor. Again, pure, I, I think I heard this third hand, whatever from, again, my wife hadn't heard it, but that I, I, you know, we should have a, we need a producer to Google this shit live and, instead of us just talk. All it does seem it. right though. Cause they sure. were good pals and they were in gross point blank together, which is a great movie. Mm. And oh, uh, great. yeah, gross point yeah. blank is a great movie. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's time for the real five fun facts. Five fun facts. Whoa. Five fun facts. Five fun facts. Five fun facts. Five fun facts. All I don't right. Know, I don't know if you knew that. My wife gave me this fun fact, and I Googled it. It's true. Matt Damon did the most savage breakup in the history of fucking mankind. He dumped Minnie Driver on Oprah. <laughs> Oprah said, hey, Matt, are you in a relationship? He goes, no, I'm single. Despite being in a relationship with Minnie Driver for over a year. Savage. <laughs> that is that, well, is that better or worse than texting? <laughs> oh, that's uh, way worse. You get embarrassed. Yeah. Sixty-five million housewives in flower dress, muumuu dresses. You know, yeah, he was really putting himself out there to a sea of disgusting women. <laughs> <laughs> I want to find wow. myself a four out of this mess. Yeah, oh, I'm going to get that daytime Oprah audience all sopping wet. <laughs> I can't wait to go to their house and thumb through their Time Life series while taking a dump post-coital. It's going to be great. <laughs> Here's Number- Tom Cruise to jump on a couch because doing things on this show is a good idea. Yeah. Castle Rock, the company that made the film, had Damon and Affleck do rewrite after rewrite. And Affleck and Damon didn't feel like they were getting anywhere. So they slipped in a gay sex scene into the script. None of the executives said a word. That's amazing. Well, yeah, that's probably what they were going for. They're like, you should write more, Wink. <laughs> you two handsome lads. The opening night, they were like, I thought you were fucking Ben Affleck in this. What happened to that scene? Right. <laughs> Pull, pulling, him, pulling him by the lapels of his Boston Red Sox jacket while viciously butt-fucking him going, it's not your fault. Yes. It's not your fault. Could you Number- change the name to Bad Anal Tearing? <laughs> or the life of the history of a Red Sox fan until 2004. Fuck yeah, those that's people. very true. Kevin Smith helped get the movie made. Did you know that? For fun fact number three, Matt Damon and Affleck asked him to direct, but Kevin Smith Kevin Smith said, quote, he wasn't good enough. Who stepped in and was directing it for a minute? But Matt Damon asked him to politely step aside because this director wasn't moving fast enough. A-lister, I'll give you a hint. A-lister, okay. huge name in the 90s. Huge. A-list director or actor? Tarantino? Uh, Tarantino's a no, Kevin? Uh, Rodriguez. No. <laughs> You're going with all these dark ass. He's, he's, no, he's doing all the Miramax people. That's what he's doing. Well, that's what I'm thinking. Oh, you think Castle Rock? Oh, boy. Well, then I don't, just don't, don't let that King. trip you up. Don't let you get your Stephen <laughs> yeah, King. <laughs> yeah. Can we get the guy who did Sleepwalkers and yeah. Dolores Claiborne? And the, the terrible TV version of The Shining? Is Ooh. he available? Kevin, a guess or no? No idea. Mel Gibson. Oh, that would have been good. <laughs> Probably would have had a different message. Was, yeah, yeah, that was 
Listen, you, you, you say fuck a lot. Can we substitute the word fuck with the word Jews in there after the word fuck? <laughs> yeah. Don't people in Boston really hate the Jews? Let's work that angle. Yeah. yeah. All the oxen so. free. <laughs> <laughs> I see we have Cole Hauser here. He played a Nazi in yeah. higher learning. You mind just coming in that garb? Boy, you get Michael Rappaport in a newsboy hat, and we're ready to fucking roll. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> Robin Williams chose the bar, one of the bars as one of the locations after Matt Damon and Affleck took him around a tour around South Boston. In fact, some of the drunk locals even tried to fight Affleck. How more Boston can you get than that? <laughs> that is pretty awesome. Yeah, it's as Boston a story as you can tell. Number five, G- director Gus Van Zant wanted to kill Affleck's character by, quote, having him getting flattened like a bug on a construction site. He also wanted Damon's character to get killed by Carmine, the guy they got into a fight with on the playground, which eventually got Matt Damon sent to jail. Oh, and he goes, God. it's a bad idea, and changed it. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. The, uh, the getting killed by Carmine might have been a better ending. Like, it would have been irony a little bit. But then, how can they work so enough? Random. I have to see about a girl catchphrase, you silly dolt. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I don't. No. All right. Well, this is good. I'm dying to hear these fucking arguments. I'm so- sorry. I, yeah, I'm just listening to the facts. And, <laughs> and this is good. How no, many no. things I don't enjoy about this movie. Kevin, I, can't, I don't want to keep this animal cage any longer yeah, than he has to. It. So now let's let Dave Landau start to gut the, the sacred, sacred cow. <laughs> well, with this new Mel uh, Gibson information, I think if <laughs> I think it's important to say the name of the movie is Goodwill Hunting. The lead character's name is Will Hunting. Do I win now? <laughs> I think so. Like, if he, I think Mel Gibson would have him a Jewish kid named Max Smarts. <laughs> it's the worst character name. It, see, it makes Jack Reacher seem Shakespearean. It is the worst title ever. Goodwill Hunting about a guy named Will Hunting becomes good. It's the worst. Just saying it out loud makes me upset. When I saw the movie in the theater, right when I saw it, I was like, wait, his name is Will Hunting? So they had a bunch of notes for him, and not one producer was like, hey, maybe we don't name him Will Hunting. That's all I... That's where I'm starting. The shittiest character name ever. Will Hunting. That's, that's fair. That, that's not a, a criticism I never really thought of, but fair. This is one they had the title before the movie, kind of like Reindeer Games. Well, yeah, that that <laughs> another Ben Affleck classic, <laughs> or Geely, <laughs> or Jersey with, Girl. Yeah, anything with him in a name <laughs> just really isn't going to work out. Yeah, so I got to go. Uh, that's my first point. Let's start with the opening credits. If, or do you guys want to go more on that? I don't want you, to. No, you do it. This is your canvas, Van Gogh. Do all what right. you want. I'm going to say the opening credits, first of all. You're a fly on a wall in Matt Damon's apartment. Uh, you're like, wow, this is just going to be uh, two hours of this. Let's not pad it. It's just two hours. Just this long credit stream of his apartment. He's also 
Okay, so when you get into this first credit, let's talk about the fact that he's a bad kid from the wrong side of the tracks. He's also 20 years old, has his own apartment, and all the Abercrombie and Fitch money can buy. There's He's the same broke kid the way that Jennifer Aniston is a broke waitress on Friends, living in a Manhattan high-rise. Immediately, you're like, well, his... He's doing phenomenal for somebody who's 20 years old and works at MIT. Maybe he's a custodian, but it's still a job where he's probably pulling in 35, 40 a year even then. Yeah. It looks like a mansion that was bombed after in Sarajevo, that apartment. Yeah, there's no, but it's like nothing. It's a little messy, and we're supposed to go, well, this guy clearly has been abused his whole life. <laughs> so the second one is Stellan Skesgard's I'm an Intellectual Scarves no. and Stripey yes. Shirt. <laughs> Thank yes. you. Yeah. He might as well. <laughs> He might as well have a beret and a cigarette in every scene and just talking down to people over and over again. There's nothing. He's the most stereotypical, cliche version of a character. Whoever did wardrobe was like, look, I put zero thought into this. This is a smart guy. The only thing missing were elbow patches and a pipe. Oh, and an a, eyebrow arch. It should have just been pantless Donald Sutherland <laughs> going. This <laughs> is my of- job. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but nobody even. No, his voice was enough to establish that he's smart. He has that accent. He has that manner of speaking. He could have been wearing a fucking sack, and you would have been like, oh, "That's probably a smart guy." Yeah, he put a scarf clearly- on him, and he's an MIT professor. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, "Wow, this guy's really." Look at how smart his scarf is. <laughs> you just want to choke him out with it. But it's distracting. You think there was seen- ever scene that they started and they were like, and he didn't have the scarf on and they were like, ah, put the scarf on. Yeah, they're like, dude, <laughs> I understand that you're you you're saying things that are intelligent, but the crowd's not going to know without the scarf. Can we I've get seen- a hat on him? Uh, I've seen less fruity scars in Harry Potter films. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Fun fact, Robin Williams hung himself with one of those scarves. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, video grand number one right here, Kevin. Yeah, Yeah, someone will hate that. It's a joke, and Robin Williams was a comic. Yeah. We'd probably laugh at it. (laughs) After he stole from somebody else. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. And he paid for it, though. Yeah, he did. That is true. That is true. Uh, I'm going to go the score. Uh, it's good on Danny Elfman. Uh, just doing the Danny Elfman thing for a change. But the whole movie sounds <laughs> like it's going to prance in a scene with a flute and tell us a riddle. Like every few minutes, it's just this weird almost sound where it's like, guess what's going to happen next? It almost comes off like a bad 90s sitcom on like the di- like a Boy Meets World almost kind of score to an Oscar-winning movie. <laughs> it's very Muppets Take Manhattan, but it's about <laughs> Boston. <laughs> it's about Boston street toughs who have their own apartments, who hate smart You're really stuck kids. on this apartment. <laughs> well, it's just, he's doing very well. <laughs> Dave Landau's one half of the Property Brothers. Didn't you know that, Kevin Israel? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> I'm uh, special. I, I remodel bed and breakfast. 
Um, <laughs> I'm going to say this. The fight, <laughs> the fight where he gets arrested uh, and he beats up that guy, it is a Levi's 501 commercial with fists. The entire thing is shot like a 90s ad for jeans. It looks, I can't even take it seriously. Even the song that was playing. Yeah. Yeah, it's terrible. You're just watching and you're like, I don't, so he's going to jail, but are those button flies? (laughs) It made the fight look fun. I thought the the fight looked like a good time. Yeah, and it's supposed to be a pivotal part where it's supposed to be the opposite of a good time. Yet it just looks like, ah, it's a bunch of Boston street toughs in cool pants. Ah, those kids being Ah, kids. Rascals. I love that. Like a Donnie Brook with a fucking is your fly button or whatever. What was that was that catchphrase back then? Yeah, it was was uh buttonflies. I, I just remember when I bought a pair of button flies and I was like, this is the most inconvenient thing I've ever put on my body. <laughs> you just gotta especially when I was a drunk. You go to piss. Oh, like, I, I don't work, believe that. I gotta work six buttons. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, it takes, there's a zip. <laughs> it took Dave extra long to get his dick out so his scoutmaster could blow him back in 1987. Oh, well, that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I was an alcoholic. He kept <laughs> getting me drunk while we shared a sleeping bag. Hip Dave, it's not. Your he fault. would. He, yeah, it's not your I'd, fault. I'd be blowing him. It's not your fault. <laughs> it's not your fault. Let Which, me make your way, ass, let, me, let me get your asshole look like a sheep shank knot now. <laughs> Probably sounded more like it not your butt. Yeah. <laughs> Which let's talk about that line actually. Now that you've brought it up, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. If therapy for angry young men was that easy, Sue Klebold wouldn't be an author. Wow. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure it's, I, I don't. I don't catch a reference. I don't know Sue Klebold. Dylan Klebold shot up Columbine. His mom wrote a book. Oh. Okay, that one. Yeah. Okay, if it was just easy enough, there wouldn't. I'll put it this way: there wouldn't be a plaque in the front of that school. Oh, Jesus! If Christ. all you had to do was pull them aside and go, "It's not your fault." It's. I just not assumed your that fault. was the end of like your your master's thesis and every psychology programs. Like, and if it, nothing else works, go just with it's go. not your fault. <laughs> just say it to him over and over again. <laughs> While he cries in your office after he mocks sexual abuse, but then we're supposed to take beatings seriously. <laughs> Which does happen in the movie. It's like, ah, molestation. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Tough it but up, my, pussy. Yeah. But my dad was mean. Yeah, well, you got your own apartment. <laughs> Did pretty well. And a nice wardrobe. Yeah. You're doing fine, Abercrombie, in your jeans. <laughs> oh, yeah. No one would show up as a spectator to Lambeau's class because they give a shit about the identity of the math bandit. That sounds, that sounds like the worst Hardy Boys book ever. What's <laughs> the worst pointless scene? <laughs> I have to admit, and I have to completely disagree with you. I had one of my best friends in high school. His brother went to MIT and he once came back with all of his, like a butter, like a bunch of college buddies back. And they were all exactly like that. Like they love. What's that? No, they, but they, no, you know what? Not even because they like, they were aware, like they knew they were super dorks and they loved it. Like they loved 
whatever it was they were talking about and they were into. And like, we were there as like our stupid little high school kids and they were like making fun of us in their MIT way. And scarves. Yeah. <laughs> there were a lot of scarves, uh, ponytails. Um, yeah, it, was just, it would, but, it, but, and I just remember thinking like, I'm so glad I'm not that smart. Like, I feel like, like they just, they have a disease and it's intelligence. It's autism. <laughs> They're like, look at that guy. He's going to only max out at 175 grand a year. Ha ha ha. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, my buddy Jesse went to MIT. I guess he could have been that kind of kid. But what we used to do is we used to dress in Adidas track suits and call them queer and beat them up. <laughs> Because that's the two kind of people at MIT. Yeah. <laughs> There's smart kids and the people who beat up smart kids, <laughs> even though they hang out with a closeted smart kid, but everybody knows he's a smart kid. <laughs> and gets lectured for being a smart kid and not taking advantage of being a smart kid. Exactly. It's who who sits around and says, let's go beat up some smart kids. It's never happened. Maybe that day you said that to your friends, Kevin. But other than that, <laughs> I don't think anybody's ever said that to anyone. It's just unrealistic dialogue. I believe Cole Hauser more is Remy. <laughs> uh <laughs> The second time we made higher learning reference in the show. <laughs> Fucking 20 minutes in. It's hilarious. Oh, I love the last 10 minutes of that movie. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> I didn't see that film until like four months ago. I go, oh, okay. That's what it was all about. Tyra, oh, Banks, yeah. takes, Tyra Banks takes a bullet and everyone feels bad in the end. Oh, okay. Fiend. Uh, what a masterpiece. Every, yeah. However, it's like, wow, boys in the hood. And then John Singleton was like, here's higher learning. And we were like, oh, dear. And then he was like, here's too fast, too furious. And we're like, well, I'm glad you're dead. <laughs> I remember, I think uh, the program came out, I think, before higher learning. Yes. And, with uh, James and I, I, I loved the program. So did and I. We, and then we went and saw higher learning. And I was like, oh, this must this is be kind of the same movie. And it was not kind of the same movie. That was what the nineties, like the mid to late nineties had a bunch of racist theme one zebra head. Remember that one? Yeah, that was pretty good, yeah. Yeah. There was a bunch of those like, oh, we're on the racist tip, and then twenty years later, we're setting shit on fire. Well they were they were trying to they were trying to create change and then it just never worked. Right. Well, menace to society just made you want to hang out with them. I bought a Mustang 5.0 <laughs> Fox body because of that dude. That's a great car. Yeah, I'm like, I want to be like Kane. I didn't jack anybody for rims. <laughs> I said, moved out here. cheese. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But I do like the Charles S. Dutton speech. Uh, rock. <laughs> Yeah, rock. Yeah. And also rock live. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that too. I remember that very well, rock live. Oh, that's a swing and a miss in every yeah. way imaginable. We'll do, okay, the Southie cosplay uh, and <laughs> SNL Boston kids. <laughs> cosplay. SNL Boston kids accents, particularly Ben Affleck, his approximation of a working class guy when he's not just trying to be Vince Vaughn. He just comes off like a jock at a private academy. He's trying to make fun of somebody who goes to a private school. 
It's really all I get from him. He doesn't come off real at all. It's probably why half of Boston was trying to beat the shit out of him <laughs> while he was playing that character. Like, who is this guy? Somehow he managed to pull it off in the town. I'll give him that. That's a good one. And mole rats. Yeah, yeah it's it great. I love mole rats. Did uh, he have yeah, an accent in mole rats? No, no, no. He worked no. as a mole. Yeah, they were in a mole. He was like he worked in like structure. Yeah, one of yeah. Fashionably yeah, male. Fashionably male was the title of the yeah. of the store. Seen it a yeah, million times. Oh man, remember those terrible six button Steve Harvey suits? Ah, that was. That's what structure sold. I forgot about yep, structure. Yeah, I might have had a couple. <laughs> oh, I did. I went in there and was like, "This is good for a twelve-year-old." The look. Did you yep. both audition for Lou Pearlman to get in a boy band? <laughs> um, I did an all-white suburban play of New Jack City. <laughs> were Not you it. Nino Brown? God, I <laughs> hope so. <laughs> of course. Or were you Pook? Or were you Pookie? <laughs> I was Pookie. I just smoked crack in an American <laughs> flag shirt, and there was no play. <laughs> it was just called Tuesday. <laughs> um, the, okay, also, the fact that the starting point of Will's life isn't really that he's all that bad, even though this whole movie is supposed to be that he's bad. He's 20 years old, um, and from that moment, he he just doesn't come off as, like, a bad guy in the beginning. He doesn't come off as like that. He just comes off as a janitor who happens to solve a math problem and you're supposed to go, well, like the movie could never be made today because the whole idea is we're just supposed to root for a white kid to get out of his own way. <laughs> yeah. This could never be made today because it wasn't a transgender solving the problem. Well, exactly. And he wouldn't even solve a math problem. He would just cross out a drawing of a dick and yell, Hey, and snap his fingers. <laughs> And everyone would clap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the scene where, uh, what is it? Uh, where the dude catches him writing on the chalkboard, just automatically assumes he's fucking, <laughs> he's fucking with the work and clearly not a genius. Right. Like the scene's just so over the top where he's just like, what is this janitor doing with this math? When he's obviously a janitor who's solving the math problem. That's a, the whole, it's just so cliche. Yeah. Why, why yeah, wouldn't he have thought he was like cleaning it? Like, Hey, don't <laughs> clean that off. We need that. I wrote, do not erase yeah. on there. Dildo. <laughs> Yeah, like it's just this ridiculously tense scene in the way no one would behave in that situation ever. And doesn't doesn't he say, "Hey, don't graffiti that," which isn't yes. really how you use the word no. graffiti. Graffiti's not yeah. a verb for, for smart kids. Yeah, yeah, for such a smart guy, he doesn't seem to know shit. Also, he's yeah. So she went back and drew. She went back and drew like a big dick on that fucking billboard or blackboard. Oh. Excuse me, just to prove a point. Well, that's really what it was. Like he walks up to him, it's like, "Oh, you're the janitor. Clearly, you're just drawing cocks all over the math work." <laughs> that's going to be my first assumption, yeah. <laughs> because you're a bad guy from the wrong side of the, the tracks. tracks. <laughs> so shitty. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, the guy he schools at the bar is just a lonesome caricature. Uh, that only exists to be dunked on. After he finishes telling him off, there should be a woo from the studio audience. <laughs> and then the movie doubles back on how them apples when it's, <laughs> when it isn't like he didn't win the argument anyway. Right. Will was just spitting back a bunch of information from books he had read, nothing original, 
going up against what the other guy had read. He was just further in the curriculum that he was teaching himself. Uh, you know, in his spare time, he'll drive, <laughs> he'll drive past Will on, a, on his way to a ski trip and Will will be pushing down a broken down Nova at a Sinclair station one day because this is just nothing to do. <laughs> Yeah, nothing to do with education. <laughs> it's just about the fact that this guy has money and he's going to be just fine. <laughs> no despite wearing wins. sweater vests. Yeah. yeah, despite wearing sweater vests and the fact that that's how he thinks you pick up a chick is by talking down to her by, with books you've never heard. And he, he was in the 90s. He looked like <laughs> one of the three... Time. He looked like one of the True. three guys in the Mean Street Posse back from the WWF days in the Raw Attitude 1999 year. <laughs> <laughs> Shane, Shane McMahon's guys, the yes. Mean Street Posse. A good reference. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> What's well, exactly it? And they're also... They hate smart kids, but then their friend pulls that out and they're like, yeah, how you like them apples? Yeah. It's like, so you know your boy is the smartest guy imaginable but you guys spend all the time keeping him down and beating people up he has no real friends it's a vicious circle <laughs> no and then you have all right the the right honorable judge info dump who conveniently pounds on will's background as lambeau serendipitously wanders into his ar- arrangement just in time to catch it all <laughs> Uh, he's handsome, ridiculously intelligent, young, white guy who wants to punch a cop and not get shot, get parole, uh, very legitimate reasons, then fart on everyone who parts the sea for him in order just to have an amazing life. Movies like this are why SJWs think being a white guy is what they think it is. <laughs> Without this movie, people would think we had it hard, but they're just like, this guy's doing great, and he's all angry. Just <laughs> white and angry. <laughs> um, the park bench scene, where he just sits there and listens to Robin Williams, you know, just because. Also, he's only a, <laughs> Viet- <laughs> also, he's only a Vietnam vet for the sake of being able to tell him he's never had to watch his buddies die. That just convenient piece of dialogue rammed in there. And the only reason why you even believe it is because you've seen Good Morning Vietnam. <laughs> Otherwise, you wouldn't even connect him to a, being a Vietnam soldier. Also, he doesn't bench 285. Anyway, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Cross that off my notes. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yep, I love that they decided uh, a widower wasn't sympathetic enough and they had to shoehorn in. He watched his buddy die. They're like, well, you couldn't have just lost your wife, but let's talk about what it's like to be face down in a rice paddy in Da Nang. Maybe talk about an ear necklace. <laughs> like, a, like Universal Soldier. Yes. <laughs> That's hilarious. It's just rammed in there. for, And then it's never brought up again. Mm. Everything about his trauma is still his dead wife and not, you know, the Viet Cong that he saw the life come out of their eyes. <laughs> As you put a knife in their thorax going, shh, shh. Yeah. It's not your fault. That's right. It's not. I look in the mirror and say, it's not my fault when I think about rape and burning down a village. <laughs> How do you say it's not your fault in Vietnamese? Yes. <laughs> the Ho Chi Minh Trail, it's all. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. Have you ever, my dad was a Vietnam vet. Uh, not big into therapy. 
<laughs> I don't feel that's a thing they all get into. It's like PTSD, what? No. Dollar beers down to VFW. See you later, homo. I'm getting my yes. buzz on tonight. <laughs> exactly. Oh, what? You're sad because I used to hit you? That's why I hit you. <laughs> so you would be sad <laughs> and then act different. Did you have your buddy's brains blown out all over your fucking uniform? No? Go yeah. play with your blocks then. Yeah, exactly. I got the uniform upstairs, unwashed. Yeah. Edie's brains are all over the sleeve of it. Dad, why do you make me smell your uniform every week? <laughs> because you need to smell death, son. Now remember that when you don't go out and literally get hit the cutoff man. I should have brought this up earlier. The Ben Affleck in the suit scene. Oh, so God. much of this movie is just scenes from a goddamn TGIF sitcom with window dressing. That's all that was. If Tell me that wasn't just Boy Meets World or Full I was going to say, he's Cody from Step by Step. It's uh, yo, 100 <laughs> Sasha Michelle yes. living in the backyard in a van, putting a fist ah. to his wife's face. Yeah. <laughs> also played the role in Kickboxer 2, and I think yes. 3. Uh, what yes. was his name in the, in the show? Cody. It's Cody. Cody, that's right. Uh, yeah, it was the cousin that lived in the van out back and yeah. Patrick Duffy. <laughs> no, not at all. It yeah. was uh, he lost. You know he, he, you, know, he, you know he was fucking Suzanne Summers and the dopey brunette check easily. Oh yeah, and probably the kid with the mullet. <laughs> and, you know, the kid, and the nerd the glasses too. <laughs> he was railing Duffy. You know, you guys have a bunch of extra rooms. I could probably just stay in there if you if you let me. And they're like, no, nah, it's all right. You're kind of Keanu Reeves, and we need you to live in the fucking mystery machine out in the yard for some reason. Why is this a show? Let's open on a roller coaster. God, can you? I feel uh, my friend and I were talking about this. I feel that anybody from like the generation before us who wanted to be famous just were allowed to be famous because people so didn't easy. really. Yeah, they just didn't step outside of like they didn't really go against the grain. So it was like, ah, I want to be on SNL. They were like, sure. And that's why when you look at the first cast, it's not that they're bad. They're, they're great in their own right. But, I mean, do you really see that cast making it today? No. Well, Pete Davidson's on it right now, so that kind of equalizes that argument out. I eat my words. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Point shit uh, me. Yes. <laughs> That's on you. I, I stand corrected. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, the scene where he burns the paper is from a Lifetime movie uh, with Damon playing the abusive husband and Skarsgård as the battered wife, complete with him walking out on Lambo before he can finish what he's saying. <laughs> it's so hacky. Yeah. It's such a hacky scene. You could almost see exactly how he... It, it, I feel like Matt Damon just was watching a movie and was like, all right. I'm just going to take these words and switch the characters around. Instead of Meredith Baxter Burney holding a stake on her eye, we're going to have. <laughs> oh, what a good fucking esoteric reference. Meredith Baxter Burney. <laughs> yeah, I love that. It's great. Yes. <laughs> Sitcom mom and woman getting beat by Lorenzo Lamas for 20 years. Lorenzo Lamas. Wait for five more minutes. Then Dave's going to bring up the guy with the name who played Skippy on Family Ties as well. 
By the way, oh, I was thinking of Lorenzo Lamas last week because do you guys remember in the shower the- naked? Oh. Yeah, well, obviously. Sure. He's, he's <laughs> yes. Meow. Do you remember there was a show called I Am Hot? And it was a reality show where Lorenzo Lamas was one of the judges, and it was just people, hot people coming out and them judging why or why not they were hot. Oh, this was because, remember the website? And yeah, what, that's what, what it was based on. The hot website. or not? Oh, oh my God. Hot or not. Love, well, maybe that's what, the, that's what the show was called. It was called Hot, hot or Not. not. not Love Hot or Not. Love yeah. Hot or Not. And Rate My Poo, another one of my favorites. Rate oh, My yes. Poo? Rate My Poo. Oh, people took pictures of their shits, and you grade them from 1 to 10. But that never got a show. <laughs> well, yeah. It did. It was it was Lenzo, Lenzo Lamas as well. It was just him though. It was called it was the just... Renegade. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> What's oh, next? Man. Are, 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 who's gonna shoehorn a Thunder Bay reference in next? I don't know. Oh, that's man, oh, that's, that's that a show. good one. Yeah. <laughs> wow, those are two shows that just make Walker Texas Ranger look like an Emmy winning series. <laughs> Wow, Thunder Bay. Yes, many a Saturday well, afternoon put channel. They put him in Baywatch, so he was like, I'm making my own. Yep, I'm doing it myself. <laughs> On a hydrofoil war machine boat in Canada. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know, where a lot of international crime takes place. Well, sure. <laughs> Yeah, they had to go to the most random place on Earth to commit the crime. Yeah. So why are you even here? You're funneling money into Miami. <laughs> you know what it was? It was probably the fucking uh, showrunner's hometown. Like, you know how I'm going to get the show sold? I'm going to make it the town that he grew up in, and he's going to have no choice but to say yes. Five <laughs> minutes later, green light. <laughs> this is uh, perfect. We have a tax break as well, but it was really just the Canadian dollar difference. <laughs> Saving a bunch of toonies and loonies everywhere you look. <laughs> <laughs> You ever throw? You ever throw change at a stripper? I yes. have. I grew up. Yes, in the I have too. I have. My buddy Bill Thomas said he got me doing that. That was hilarious. That's so he, used funny. To, he used to take the oil guns and squirt the pole so they'd slide <laughs> off and shit and fall. Yeah, it's always amazing that because we you go over there at nineteen, and I grew up in Detroit, so you go over there and you just slap that loony onto the stage, and you just watch this poor drug addict woman pick them all up. Just a handful of gold coins. <laughs> and she says, what the hell is this little boot? Yeah, what's all this? Can I get a toonie? You just yeah. give her five toonies for a lap dance. And then she has to go out and feed her a kid with Tim Hortons donuts. <laughs> well, that's all there is. There's literally no other food. Everybody yeah. listening to this is furiously Googling toonies and loonies. Yes. <laughs> this film is chock full of Googleable. I just made that word up. Googleable moments. I it promise is. you. Like, Our listeners have Thunder Bay Google windows open right now. Thunder Bay? Yeah, what? Hogan, what? <laughs> Google's like, what is a Lorenzo Lama? <laughs> <laughs> Lorenzo Llama. Listen, this this episode's going to be a panty dropper for all you people who are into esoteric references, like eighties oh. and nineties pop culture. The oh. fucking three of us got that shit covered in spades. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> he picked the wrench because fuck him. Right. Uh, you don't become a math whiz if you've been <laughs> getting beaten by a wrench every day since you were a child. You hang yourself after getting cut by the ravens. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's excellent. That's fucking excellent. Yeah, it's just not realistic. (laughs) Yeah, best case scenario, you kill yourself with your own weight bench along with your family. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> ben Wall reference. Oh, we're getting the wrestling crowd back into it after a Hulk Hogan <laughs> reference. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, the, oh, yeah. The shot of him staring up at the ceiling, uh, which gave me hope that he would hang himself. But then it cuts to him walking into an office and getting an amazing job, which he blows off for an oh-so-reliable, not-at-all-shaky prospect of a quirky woman in her 20s. <laughs> Trust me, if if he shows up in a Stanford, uh, if he shows up at Stanford revealing to Skyler, Skyler, mm-hmm. the name that drove across the country for her, she's gonna look at him like he texted her because of his flaccid penis. <laughs> <laughs> it's it doesn't matter though because his car isn't going to make it past Hartford. Uh, I was gonna fucking say it's, that. I it. took it. God damn it, bitch. <laughs> things like. 3,100 miles away, it's just going to break down and he'll be out of another job. Yeah, I was going to say, that thing's going to die out by fucking uh, uh, like wall on the mass turnpike. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I write this shit while I'm watching it, so I got to remember every word I put down. It's sort of rage writing. <laughs> and um, people who think William Goldwin- Goldman actually wrote the script because it was too good to have been written uh, by Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, to which I say hardly. They clearly <laughs> wrote it and had uh, a, yeah, they, they wrote it. It's a shitty movie. It, it is done by first-time writers. It's obviously very hacky. Has just It has all the parts to make it a bad movie. Uh, they perpetuate the movie. They myth that it was good. And it was just, you know, Written on the back of a golden ticket. Give me uh, a number one to ten for the movie. No, for my hair look today. How was my hair look? Oh yes, the movie. God, <laughs> ten and a half. I, uh, <laughs> um, I I have a, one or two more. Oh, Hold go on. ahead. Sorry. Uh, let me, oh yeah, when Ben Affleck uh, was, he's really a meathead, but then he has that uh, that moment where. He's got all this clarity and he starts saying wise things about how, you know, they're sort of stuck with that. And he needs it. And Matt Damon needs to take advantage of this opportunity. Idiots don't know they're idiots. They just Mm. react violently because they're idiots. There's no way this meathead has this great moment of clarity where he's all empathetic towards Matt Damon. It completely breaks his character for the entire movie when he's like, yeah, you just got to go follow that because I love you. It's just a bullshit hacky scene pulled from every other movie. I'm schmott. I know things. I, you I know stuff. You know what I wrote down? I said when he has that speech, it's like when Homer pulled the crayon out of his nose because he wanted to be dumb again. Which is my favorite. Which is my favorite Simpsons part. episode ever. <laughs> God damn, that's way better put than I had it. Oh yeah, and then when he does the George Carlin fucking uh, at the NSA interview. Like, they wouldn't have just tapped a button to make him disappear the second his stone changed. <laughs> so he's just allowed to go off on a speech that wasn't even his. Uh, that's brilliant. Yeah, that's br- that's brilliant. Because you're right, press a button, and that fucking, the floor opens up in his, in his chair, and he disappears to the floor like, got him! Yeah, yeah there's no... <laughs> Next! <laughs> yeah. And the guy in the bar... Uh, is actually so waspy, it's offensive to me as a white person. I <laughs> Which still guy have to bar? go back to that. Uh, the, the fucking ponytail guy. I oh, the douchebag, douchebag. All right. The douchebag, yeah. Even going back to that, you watch that and you're like, yeah, again, 
every smart person in the movie doesn't have to be the biggest douchebag, while every good-hearted person is just somebody who beats up people for being smarter than they are. Yeah. Uh, so one to ten, um, I would probably, I would give it a four. Wow. <laughs> Kevin, I'm going to go first. I am going for Bear. Goodwill Hunting has done less to benefit visiting Boston than Schindler's List has for Poland. <laughs> I've been oh. through. <laughs> Let's start with a bang. Who wants At to least- visit that fucking town after watching that movie? Yeah. No one. At least Good. the Holocaust had a plot. <laughs> 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 I've done four years of college. Kevin was in law. He's done longer. I did four years on the button. And not once, not once did anyone ever give a professor a standing ovation. That doesn't happen. Done a lot of dumb shit, my life, fellows. Are you surprised to hear that? Done a lot of dumb shit. I've hitchhiked from Sussex County to fucking Passaic County. I've pledged and hazed others in a fraternity I can't even speak about. But never have I ever done something so stupid as stand and pitch in the middle of a batting cage that is omnidirectional. That is a license for a concussion, broken jaw, and fucking massive memory loss. And these ass clowns are playing fucking tickle fights in the middle of a batting cage in Boston. That doesn't happen. Professor Lambeau immediately asking that lady student out for a drink. And since you know this is a Miramax film, Harvey Weinstein yelled out, fuck yeah, in the middle of the screening room. Just sitting there next to a plant. Yeah, I was just gonna. I was gonna write plant. I was like, that's ah, too easy. You got me. I, I know, but you got to put that in. Yeah, he's like, you know what? That that character needs to hit on some young girls. Yeah, is there any part of this where we could make a man in a powerful position uh, having sex with a young girl seem uh, like authentically good? Is there a way we could put that in the script? Just say, all? just say he was molested and his dad beat him with a wrench. That's the hook. Oh. Oh, cool. Perfect. Done. Oh, you mean like all the math whizzes I know. <laughs> yeah, all the smart kids in this town. <laughs> the Boston accent in this film is on a Mark McGuire, Barry Bond, Sari so- Sammy Sosa level of steroids. This accent is just worse than people who trample over others for a $400 TD at a 6 a.m. Black Friday sale. What's worse, this or a Philly accent? Boy, that's six and one half uh, dozen Philly, for me. No, Philly's yeah, much worse. Yeah, it is. Even though one of our, uh, real quick, sidebar, one of our reviews on iTunes, the guy gave us four stars, and he said, I love this podcast. It's great, but I had to knock off one for all your Philly hatred. I get it. You're not going to stop, but go home, have a drink of Go home, drink have some water. water. I thought that was fucking hilarious. Go home. The ginger oh, of the gang, Morgan, was that Cole Hauser? He, Cole throws Hauser. A, he throws a right-hand punch like Jim Abbott did. <laughs> yes. Yes. Who, was, who was born with no right hand. Google that, non-sports fans. <laughs> My question is, how many times did Dave Landau discuss 18th century economics in bars on 8 Mile Road? All the time. Uh, I think everybody does. And I I think the best part was when you could really take someone down with your knowledge of it. I thought this film could be ripened for a remake until I saw Matt Damon punch the cop and then the cop pits him on the ground and then he gets a knee on his neck. I said, oh, they're not remaking this one now. (laughs) 
Did the professor actually bail him out? Did he bail out Will? I've never let met someone who I let tussle my hair unless he dropped the ten percent to get me out of jail. <laughs> Valid. I, yeah. I'm not going to argue with any of this. <laughs> P- Landell, how many times have you been to jail, and for what? Thirteen and uh, drinking and driving and alcohol-related incidents and drugs. Excellent. Yes, it was pretty cool. Israel, are you? Jail? Yeah. Uh, twice. You really? Yeah. Wow. Me, zero. I run too fast. <laughs> Good for you. Thank I you. don't. I don't run at all. <laughs> no, they see that blonde hair and those blue eyes and they yeah. go, Oh, he'll, he'll, he has he'll a learn your lesson. He just puts on fake eyelashes and it's just like, who, me? <laughs> like Bugs Bunny when he drives yeah. to drag? Yeah, getting, uh, cops getting all hard like Elmer Fudd. <laughs> I had a buddy, that, I have a buddy who's a cop who gave me the family gold card. That's got me out a lot of fucking... I that have kid's got a, a face couple. that says, do you know who my dad is? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you know Greg? <laughs> Been retired since 2003. No, not because of financial, because of medical. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> who the hell are these guys wrestling on a trampoline at a kid's birthday party as a father and zero tolerance for dudes at parties without kids i would have had a fucking problem with that why not just lock lips in an alleyway or men's bathroom like most closeted guys do (laughs) i also uh, i also feel epstein threw that into wine scene at a party where he's like you know what this needs uh kids park (laughs) i think you can shoehorn that in kids jumping on trampolines have you seen the man show but with kids (laughs) jumping out of their overalls that was a hell of a first session that matt damon had with robin williams do you get your copay back if the shrink puts his hands around your throat if so, there are a ton of comics that need to go to therapy, which truly need choking, and convinced that they should quit. Agreed. <laughs> Nothing screams guaranteed sex like taking a girl on a first date to the dollar store to try on goofy glasses. <laughs> Nothing. What a hacky, terrible. Oh, my God. What's his second date? Dinner or free samples at Costco? Yeah, better get in that photo booth, you know, because we're in love and such. Date number three, holding her hand at the abortion clinic after he made her stand in front of a pitching machine at a batting cage. Yeah, date number following date, her getting her ovaries scooped out from genital warts. (laughs) With a wooden spoon because he had a group on. (laughs) Even though we know this story is bullshit where he talks about his 11 other siblings, Imagine growing up with 11 siblings. That must have been worse than traveling in steerage on the Titanic. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Whoever decided to make newspaper boy hats a thing clearly hates fashion or success in life and needs a cattle prod in the taint. (laughs) Who the fuck wears those? I hate people who wear them. I never wear a newsboy hat. No. I think a lot of people from Newsies... uh, like they just had a lot of leftover wardrobe and were like, is there a way we can use these scarves and hats? Yeah. They were like, yeah, we got a piece of shit Gus Van Zandt is yeah. making. Wearing a newsboy hat in Boston just advertises to everybody, I have an alcohol problem. Who was wearing the newsboy hat? 
Look at everyone in the bar scene in Boston. All the extras, people had, the, had those hats on. What's his face put a hat on? Uh, Robin yeah. Williams wore the hat, too. Yeah. He had a- Watching yeah, this, it's Whitey Bulger. You're not going to care. Sorry, go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good one. Watching this in HD, I've noticed Matt Damon has an inordinate amount of freckles. Oh, I didn't really look. Yeah, it's probably true. Yeah, this is like a Wendy's bag. <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking brilliant. Wendy's <laughs> after four hours, which is and it becomes one Pangea of grease. <laughs> Would you believe Matt Damon stole my haircut from 1996 to 1999? Yeah, too. Me too. 100%. I think everybody had that split down the middle. Part of the, yeah. yeah. Wouldn't most people in Will's income bracket be the first to grab that lottery ticket and not dump her? I dated a girl longer than I should have because I got $1,000 worth of shit in Christmas in 1999 and 2000, as well as got four to six trips free to the Caribbean. Yet he's like, yeah, get out of here, you fucking whore. (laughs) The best part of my day speech by Affleck got me thinking. The best part of Ben Affleck's day should be going through his spank bank and remember what it was like fucking an early 2000s J-Lo while beating off in the shower. (laughs) Or chopping his kids off at Jennifer Garner's for the week. Because, you know, divorce. Oh, my God. He's got to love that where he's like, yeah, go into the woman's house who does fucking mascara commercials. Yeah. I'm and Capital go- One, <laughs> what's in your wallet? My fucking hands. Oh, yes. <laughs> There's a picture of Ben Affleck on a boat with Jay Lope- Jennifer Lopez, and he's got his hand on her ass. And I, I would have that blown up in every room of my house. Oh, so hun- that, oh yeah, that'd be my cell that. phone wallpaper. Even yeah. though I would be married to Jennifer Garner. <laughs> yeah, I would just have an oil painting on top of all the other actual photos, <laughs> just right above my. You know, in case you forgot from the kitchen, this is uh, <laughs> J Lo sets. He had a. Uh, someone asked him about what was it like dating J Lo. Like, how was her ass? He's like, yeah, it was great. Yeah. You think? <laughs> Gee, the Mona Lisa asked that question. Yeah. How was her ass? It was amazing. Imagine, if, I, imagine if any of us got in a press junket. Ben, Ben, tell me about your latest film. Ben, tell me about J-Lo's ass and how you wore it as a hat every single night for six months. Yes. Yes. Did it smell did like you? cinnamon? It looks like it smells like cinnamon. <laughs> did did yeah. you wear like a newsboy hat like everybody else did in Good Will Hunting? Was all food a disappointment after that? Yeah. <laughs> was it so good that you had to tolerate J-Lo? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, if she can get guys to drop murder charges, that ass must sing to the sun. There's like a oh, song from the sirens. Like fucking. Did she get tired of you demanding to eat dinner out of it every night? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, your, spo- your spork from Taco Bell keeps poking me in my taint. Stop it. Yes. Be more careful. <laughs> just putting in and out fries in it. You're not getting pizza like again, ketchup. are you, honey? Uh, we don't want sushi. The chopsticks fucking hurt. <laughs> just burning her ass with pizza grease. <laughs> Putting wasabi peas in her asshole and shooting it into his mouth. <laughs> we can do this for another 25 minutes, right, guys? We're fucking Yeah, we good. really had. Yeah. yeah. He, yeah. he only plays ping pong with a paddle for him. <laughs> Here, did, he pour, did he pour a gallon of bleach on that after, after she dated Puff Daddy? I got to get all that off. The stench of murder raps. <laughs> And the song from Godzilla, go away, go away. Exactly. <laughs> By the He's way, got, you ruined Led Zeppelin for me. <laughs> no, he ruined Zeppelin for you. 
That's what I meant. Oh, sorry. Oh. By the way, we are not editing one second out of this podcast so far, guys. This has been nothing but platinum. <laughs> it wasn't Matt Damon's film in this fault, but it sure as hell your fault for We Bought a Zoo. <laughs> yes, it was. I love this film when I saw it. Does it pass the remote tests? A few scenes. Do I enjoy it? I do. But Dave Landau has done something that very few people are able to do, and that is get me to drop my score. I'll now drop it to a seven. I had it a seven and a half. Too many good points, too many plots, too many issues. You, get, you got more granular than I did, which is, well, again, why you're fucking great at this. Well, thank you. I enjoy this film a lot. I still do. I get it. I see all your points. I acquiesce them all sustained. I still like it. It still resonates. It was funny. My wife walked in the very end. She goes, God, the score is so annoying. So I started laughing when you said the, the Danny Elfman <laughs> score. I'm like, what's next? Is Pee Wee Herman going to come out on his fucking bike? Which it's again, so great. Bad. Film. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's a great film. Oh, that's lo- the, love it. Yeah. That's one of the first, I showed my son that and he's into Pee Wee's playhouse and stuff. Which is like, it's just cool to have a kid who likes that stuff that I'll watch too. Right. But Large Marge still scares the shit out of Oh, man. Like I said, I get this movie a 7 out of 10. Landau got me to drop my score half a point. I still enjoy it. It's good. Does not pass remote test. Kevin Israel, the floor is yours. You guys did not leave much, if any, meat on this bone, um, which is which is actually all right for me because I am, as I told Kevin about a different movie, kind of ambivalent about this movie. Okay. Um, going through the movie, first of all, there definitely is an Irish curse. Absolutely. Just like there's a Jewish curse. The Irish curse is just a little bit smaller. <laughs> Uh, the, uh, the professor hitting on his students is incredibly cheesy and incredibly creepy. And I feel that every year that passes, it gets just a little bit creepier, but it was okay in the early in, in their, well, I, I thought this was in the early nineties. It was in the late nineties, yeah, and that's okay. Yeah. Fuck was a word meant for the Boston accent. And they decided to put it in every single sentence constantly. Why would, <laughs> and speaking of fuck, why would Matt Damon just yell, Go fuck yourself to the professor who's asking him why he's... He would have just walked away. Why did he have to turn around and be like, ah, go fuck it? And then he said it again. Like, just walk away. There was no reason. That, that was purely, to Landau's point, was to establish that he was a bad kid. because he lo- And he looked like such a nice kid. So they're like, how are we going to make the point that he's bad? I yep. tell everyone to go fuck themselves. Have him say the F word. <laughs> a lot. Which is so fucking overused in this movie, it will have no effect by the time he says it. They went to a bar in Harvard that sounded like a bar that they'd never really gone to before, yet they knew the doorman, whose name was Casey, and I feel like every doorman in Boston's name is Casey. <laughs> <laughs> or Sully. <laughs> yes. <laughs> This, is, this isn't as much about this movie, just in movies in general. It drives me nuts in movies, and I understand that you can't say brands of beer. But when you walk up to a bar and just say, give me a beer, and they give it to you, could you imagine walking into a real bar and say, give me a beer? The let bartender me, would probably throw a can at your head. Let me tell you, my, my, I used to work at Chili's back in the day. My buddy, who listens every episode, Terry Loda, had the best line ever for when people would say, give me a beer. He'd say, yeah, what flavor? <laughs> Love it. In fairness, in Goodwill Hunting, he said, give me the best lager you have. And I would have been like, just say what fucking beer you want. They should just make up 
for movies, they should just make up a universal brand of beer that doesn't exist so they can say that in every movie. Like, I agree, a, yeah. Give me a Coors Light, okay? <laughs> <laughs> the Simpsons did. It's called Duff. Right, right. Yeah. Exactly. They, just, and it could be Duff. Make Duff the, just the international beer of movies. It's Boston. He should have been like, give me a Patch Adams. <laughs> And then give me, give me, uh, give me two shots. What I want, uh, give me two nooses around the neck. <laughs> Jesus Christ, nanus, nanus. Afternoon delight was sung much better in Anchorman. <laughs> oh yeah, hundred percent. Yes. yes. I remember when I saw this movie in the theater, and Robin Williams came out, and I was like, ah, look at that beard. He looks so old. And now I have that beard. <laughs> <laughs> The professor rocks around the campus with his TA like that TA is Bib Fortuna. (laughs) (laughs) You fool, he's using a Jedi mind trick on you. (laughs) Well played. Uh, When, when, um, when, uh, when Matt Damon is uh, is trying to out the one psychologist and he goes, no, it's okay. You putt from the rough. Like, was that actually was that a term for being gay? Putting yeah. from the rough ever? Wow! I guess I didn't I even that. connect. That's what he meant. I just sort of ignored it. He's like, you, he said, you. He said, you were trying to give me the jump. I mean, I don't care if you putt from the rough. And I haven't had a chance to Google it to see if anybody else other than in this movie ever said putting from the rough. And it actually made me think of Caddyshack, where he goes, "You know what he got thrown out for? Night putting. Putting at night." With the dean's daughter. Yes. You know, I get, you know I get hard when you quote Caddyshack. <laughs> it also makes like me it. think of Good Morning Vietnam again with men in comfortable shoes. Where it's like, how many... I think Robin Williams has used more terms to describe a homosexual in a weird way than anyone in the history of film and television. Speaking of Williams, at one point he said something about his hair and he goes, I haven't got much hair left. Yeah, you do, Robin. You had a full head of hair. I don't know what the fuck you were talking about. Was that line written by somebody else and they just didn't take it out? He had, and not only did he have a full head of hair, he had a head of hair, a beard, and a full body coat that he wears all the time. And you could comb your wrists. (laughs) He looks like he had Willis from fucking uh, 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 different strokes under his fucking shirt trying to pop out. I, I, hate to, I hate to repeat a point, but I, I, I made this a specific point of mine. Robin Williams doesn't bench 285. Yeah. And if he does, I want to know, was that for reps or was that a max? Was that a competition <laughs> lift with a suit or raw? I need more information, Robin. <laughs> the fact that he just believed you makes me feel like he's not a math whiz. <laughs> Wait, so watching somebody wait outside a dorm for the door to open and you to sneak in oh, gave me such memories. hard nostalgia. I almost started to cry. I remember those days where I, I, all I knew was a girl's first name and which building she lived in, and I was willing to walk up and down the hallway just to try to get laid. <laughs> so true. In fairness, I sold dime bags at a community college for a year. <laughs> Hey, you're an entrepreneur. There's nothing wrong with that. They didn't have dorms in community colleges. Nice try. (laughs) No, they didn't. (laughs) They did a Michigan State, but I I was at LCC in an apartment. When when telling a story about how drunk you or somebody else was, you have to emphasize it with three different explanatories as to how drunk you were. 
It was hammered, bombed, wrecked out of his gourd. You can't not do it. If you're really, really drunk, it needs three different explanations. <laughs> yeah. And there... <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the the lottery ticket for twelve million dollars. I'll cover your sex change operation. Ugh, couldn't say that anymore. Just, yeah. like could, just like I couldn't say an Indian, you know, dot, not feather. <laughs> Even that then, said, that was a hack line. Yeah. All of that said, and you guys cut. You guys did a uh, did a masterful job uh, finding everything wrong with this movie. Good on you, uh, Dave, for for what you did. This movie did. This movie, like actually Kevin said, has a couple of really really good scenes, and that's what it is. It's a couple of good scenes strung together with a strangely loose plot that never really makes a lot of sense to me. Oh, here's one more point that I this is, and this is an overarching point. How did nobody ever realize in 20 years that this kid was a genius? He went to school. He went through, they said he was in a bunch of different foster homes. Nobody was ever like, oh, he's six and doing long division. Maybe we should talk to somebody about him. The kid was, and he wasn't just kind of smart. The guy, Skarsgård, which by the way, how many Skarsgårds are there? And why do they, they just keep showing, and I never know which one's which, and they all kind of look the same, and they're all different ages. But he even said he's like this other guy who was an Indian living in the desert and was mailing theorems back to Britain or whatever. If he was that smart, somebody would have realized this. You just didn't happen upon this. This kid was this kid was like one in a billion and they would have known. But the whole movie is the whole movie is just a a bunch of compilation of scenes that are strung together with this with this weird plot about the smart kid and this and this kind of sappy love story that Will Smith and Mimi Driver even uh, Will Smith (laughs) (laughs) with his hitch. (laughs) The the two is that interchangeable. That is how much I believe that character. He might as well just thrown it. I pulled uptown IT around seven or eight. (laughs) Matt Damon and Mimi Driver, and even though they ended up dating, Mimi Driver, not Mimi. It's Mimi Rogers. I think. Yeah, whatever. Mimi. They had they had absolutely no chemistry in this movie. I never bought into them being into he i bought into her being into him i yes. never bought into him being into her it always felt very one-sided and i never want and i remember seeing this in the, in the theater just and when they broke up i was like he's not going to go back to her like this is going to go bad i thought the movie was going to go bad that's why when you said uh there was an idea of him dying i thought that would have been a much more fitting ending for the way this movie was going rather than him being like i'm gonna go i'm going to see about a girl I was like, ah, it's just, that was all just too fucking perfect. And it just, it tied itself up too cleanly. And I hoped his car did break down in like Detroit or something. Like, <laughs> well, I'm just going to have, I guess I'm going to be a fucking janitor at the University of Michigan now. Uh, <laughs> this movie I, is, there are a few scenes that I would sit down and watch uh, just, just because they're, they're kind of iconic scenes. But I haven't seen this movie in a decade at least. I'll probably not see it for another, hopefully, decade. To me, I, again, I'm completely ambivalent about it. I don't think it deserved all the kudos it got. I think there were some great performances. I thought Robin Williams was great in it. Um, for me, this He's movie is great, yeah. What's that? He's always pretty good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, well, did you see What Dreams May Come? That was a shit. I love movie. that movie. You're oh, an I turned that off. I, uh, 20 years ago, I saw it because it came out in 99, I think, or 2000. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember much of it. I remember oil paintings. That's it. That's it. Half an hour of him, then Cuba Gooding Jr. trying to in and out. Like, ah, ouch. I like it. Snow Um, dogs. 
<laughs> Another coming good check. What? How about Bicentennial Man from Robin Williams? That gets no love. Toys. All right, I, I retract my statement. Yeah. He's good in a lot of stuff. <laughs> I like Bicentennial Man too. Never um, I get his movie a five and a half. Wow! I thought you were gonna dig it. I, I mean, it's fine. It's fine <laughs> for me. It's for me. It's fine. There are some great scenes. It drags the movie. I was I, I, at the hour and a half mark. I was like, this movie could end right now. Like, there's, huh. there's not. They, yeah. they could just wrap it up. And then when I saw there was thirty ends. more minutes, I was like, what are they going to do for another thirty minutes? He broke up with her. Go fix it. Go Come on. You had, to, you had to have some kind of closure because, for example, you had to see Casey Affleck beam with excitement as he finally got to sit in the front seat of the car. Yes. Yes, that was great. Yeah. <laughs> that made it all okay for me. Yeah. All right. So noted. <laughs> oh, my uh, God. I forgot about that. Now I hate it even more. <laughs> <laughs> He's such a, such a basic bitch. That's his fucking, that's his, that's the, that's, that's, that's the, uh, the prize at the end of the rainbow for him. He's not a labradoodle. It's <laughs> yeah. a human being with no depth in the character. Barely a human being. <laughs> they, they speak mostly monosyllabically to uh, put it succinctly. Sure. Critics, five-star reviews. Critics, five-star reviews. Critics, five-star reviews. Critics, five-star reviews. What Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, ben Affleck accomplished with such a profound, witty, inspirational, and heartbreaking script is quite extraordinary. And then Mr. Robin Williams takes it to another level. On the surface, there doesn't seem to be too much going on, but dig a little deeper and you'll find remarkably telling insights into the mind games that go with being a genius. The next best thing about Goodwill Hunting is it's not, it's, it's, sorry. The next best thing about Goodwill Hunting is not its well-crafted psychological symmetries, but in just in the plain messiness of its humanity. It's rowdy. It's funny. It's heartbreaking. It rings of life. The guy who wrote that's trying to write it from the point of view that he's a genius. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what it's like to be a genius. Maybe if I learned the the, the, the fight song to MIT, maybe I can. Yeah, maybe if I can have a button fly jeans fight on a (laughs) a park. This was my favorite one of this match. Damon ain't crazy talented like Vincent Gallo, but he's still more than a pretty face. Gallo. What are you right? Buffalo did Buffalo sixty six just just got just watch that film. Yeah, whenever I watch Brown Bunny, I think about what a genius yeah. Vincent Gallo is. Towering performance by Matt Damon as a troubled working class who needs to address his creative genius elevates his drama way above its therapeutic approach, resulting in a zeitgeist film that may touch uh. chord with young viewers the way the Graduate did. That's Kevin's trigger uh. word. Zeitgeist. Just punch yourself. I'm with you. Yeah. Critics, one-star reviews. Critics, one-star reviews. Critics, one-star reviews. Not a work of art or great power, but it has some some moving moments. All told... This film has plenty of enjoyable moments, but it's just not the deep experience the filmmakers want you to believe it is. And those are the only two rotten reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, one star. So I define two more. 
Van Sant's direction is surprisingly static and conventional, which doesn't help this earnest, underwhelming misfire. Hearts sinking, we are obliged to endure much pseudo-serious gabble as we head toward another painfully predictable triumph of the human spirit. There must be some better way of our hunting and our Oscars' goodwill. Oh, Christ. Fuck him. I like the movie now. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be like if Bruce Willis looked at the camera and go, you know what time it is to do? It's time to die hard. (laughs) Oh, God. Have you seen him in the recent battery commercials? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. They must have thrown him a $25 million to get the fuck out of his house with Demi Moore in Montana to come do that commercial. Oh, yeah. Amazon five-star reviews. Five-star reviews. Amazon five-star reviews. (laughs) If you've got a potential genius in your midst that you may care about, they may enjoy this. A couple of caveats. There are a ton of F-bombs. I remember an interview with Matt Damon once where he talked about the studio asking them, asking if they could make it PG-13 instead. He then asked, how many fucks can we have and how many does the movie have? They said over 200. Ha! He shrugged and was like, we didn't even realize it. That's just the way we talked in Boston. So if you care about this sort of thing, maybe we should try something like VidAngel. I don't know what that is. What? Yeah, I don't know. Sounds like but, a porn site. Yeah, that's what yeah. I thought it was too. I really did. Number ten, second part. No genius in no genius in history has ever been this talented. Let's not kid ourselves. But there are aspects of will that resonate with many geniuses. Signed, someone who thinks Reader Digest is highfalutin. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Next one. I saw this movie during its original release in theaters. Back when you had to quote seek out and parentheses, and maybe drive an hour, to see it at a small independent movie theater with minimal thrills. Frills, excuse me. Gosh, I miss those days. I loved it back then and still do. I actually saw it, tw- saw it twice in the theater. The second time counting how many times they said an F word. I counted 144, but I'm curious of the actual number. Oh, and Robin Williams was awesome. You know he's going to be serious and kick butt if he's got a beard. What auti- what autistic open mic comic wrote this? And this was <laughs> what and this was wide release. He didn't have to go to a gay porn theater like Hanks did in Philadelphia. No, it's fucking <laughs> good callback. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> but yeah, it's <laughs> You went back and counted the fucks. The, like, how OCD are you? Yeah. It's like I checked the stove 14 times, and there's, there's 322 fingers in the whole movie. This is a dopier rain man where he tries to count the toothpicks on the floor, but instead let's count the number of fucks. Oh. This holds up really well, except for the smoking. I mean, it was funny. It was funny to see Brad looking so young, but he – pulls it off clearly as a brilliant and mentally stunted kid. I wonder at the end if he'd make it to Stanford and that old beat up banger because it's a long drive. <laughs> next review, next movie review from this guy, Fight Club starring Matt Damon. Oh, wow. Because he said it's funny to see Brad looking so young. All right. Zip! Can't get him all. FYI, since we don't have a producer looking up stuff, uh, 154 fucks in Goodwill Hunting. This guy was 10 away. He's pretty good. 
Yeah, he is good. I saw this movie when it first came out in 1997, and I only remember being offended by the use of the F word throughout the entire, and I mean entire, movie. That distracted me to the point that I missed the point of the movie. I won't describe the movie as that it is provided in the synopsis. Now it's about 18 years later. I'm desensitized to the F word, and I just watched this movie again three days ago. It's an effing, how's that for desensitized? Great movie. Here's Kevin Israel in three, two, one. Oh, my. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Amazon one-star reviews. Amazon one-star reviews. It's time for Amazon one-star reviews. Amazon one-star reviews. Not sure what happened here, but the movie arrived in a Goodwill hunting case, and the disc said Goodwill hunting. But when we tried to play it, it was a, it was Kill Bill, which is not a movie I've approved for my son to watch. Let me get this straight: Uma Thurman opening up Japanese fighters like it was an internment camp in California, nineteen forty-three, is okay. But hearing a bunch of Boston kids say the word "fuck" is not. Got it. Also, rating a movie on the fact that somebody sent you a different movie. Oh, you should see. I've seen it. That happens. But that's so crazy. I didn't enjoy Spaceballs because it was Uncle Buck. (laughs) (laughs) Uncle Buck, way better than Spaceballs. (laughs) I agree. One of my favorite movies ever. But my kid does love Spaceballs because he's five. Yeah. And it is that level of humor. Thank you, Kevin Israel. The film stinks. I like it. I'm going to go. I'm going to go with both of you on that. It's for kids, <laughs> but I like it. By the way, there must have been a problem at the pressing plant because there were at least 10 to 15 reviews of people complaining of the same thing. Kill Bill in Goodwill Hunting Cases, which is funny because Kill Bill didn't come out till what, 03, 04? 03, yeah. Yeah. Uh, such a shame. Movies used to be good until Hollywood became evil. Oh, All God. Jews. impossible to watch because every other word is an f word turned it off after five minutes that didn't happen how many amish people have access to the internet this is i know five minutes i refuse to think you pull the shoot after five minutes and besides three and a half with the goddamn credits with that tweaky fucking barnes and noble music playing in the background that's a lie Unlike yeah, the first four minutes is his apartment. Right. Unlike most reviewers, this movie did nothing for me. It could not hold my attention, even though I had intentions of liking it. But it did not. One of the, wor- <laughs> <laughs> One of the worst Robin Williams movies I have seen. <laughs> I'm going against the crowd here. Not sure why everyone thinks this is a, such a great movie, but frankly, I thought it was terrible. Good service from Amazon, well acted. Quite frankly, I would not recommend this movie because even though it worked out good for some of the folks, most of the folks were seedy at best and cruel and undesirable, to say the least. If you like movies that show the worst of society, and like I said above, it was well acted, then you may like this one. I did not. The box and label on the DVD says Goodwill Hunting. The DVD is Kill Bill. I bought it as a gift for my 75-year-old mother. She almost had a heart attach. You need a heart attach? You know who really needs a heart attach? The guy who had his heart ripped up by Mullah Ram in Temple of Doom. That's who needs a heart attach. 
<laughs> Kill Bill does start. I mean, it, it, it comes out the gate at you. Yeah, oh, yeah, you really have to go, oh, this isn't... I think the part that throws them is when it says Kill Bill. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it can't be. I'm going to keep going. Yeah, yeah I, well, this isn't Kill Bill. What this really is is Milo and Otis. Yes. <laughs> They're just they're just joshing me down at the old at the plant. That's where I got this for a white elephant gift. <laughs> is the nurse about to rape the patient, Will, or is the yeah, patient a- Will? <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Israel, did Dave Landau gut the sacred cow? I got to tell you, I'm really torn on this one. This might be one of the most difficult decisions you've thrust upon me. I know. Uh, I, I I love you. I love you, Dave. I don't think you did it this time. Oh! Oh, wow. oh, I think you wow. came, came damn close. By the way, this isn't an autocracy. I mean, <laughs> Goatee has, has some say too. But uh, <laughs> I, I think it was fucking close. But I, like this, this movie is a juggernaut. And you made a lot of fucking amazing points. But I feel like, like this one, I, I feel like the cow is still standing. It's wobbly. You fucked it up good, but. I feel like that cow is going to live to give milk. It's got one leg. I gotcha. I feel that you are the, you're the Selena Kyle in this where Christopher Walken (laughs) shoots her three, four, six times. One, two, plenty to go. Three, four, only a few more. And you're just staggering toward it and staggering toward it. But you can't kill it. You can't kill it. Dave, you did a hell of a job, but you know what? It's not your fault. It's not. Like that. <laughs> Boom! You should. You should. You should. Honestly, I know we have to do plugs and stuff, but you should really just cut off the the podcast right there. <laughs> you really should. That's a that's a fucking uh, mic drop moment, is it, boys? Yeah. Thank you. That's. A, I, I wrote that the very next. And I got. I, I'm gonna get that in there. It's gonna be fucking funny. I know it, and it paid off. It was good. It was Thank good. you. Well done, Dave Landau. Where can we find you? All right, uh, Dave Landau is where you can find all your Dave Landau needs, as well as videos. And you can get uh, copies of Kill Bill, disguised as Goodwill Hunting, on my website. Kevin Israel. Uh, KevinIsrael.com. Uh, my album, The Struggle is Real. And it comes to our live show, January 23rd. Uh, tickets are on our website. It's going to sell out. Things are going to be better. Don't be scared to buy the tickets. Come out. It's going to be hysterical. We got Bill and uh, Bill Joanne. and Joanne from the morning show on Compound Media doing Karate Kid. So if you're a Cobra Kai fan, this is definitely time. You get to come out, see a movie, watch a show. It's going to be great. Don't be scared. We're going to be funny. Come on out. January That's right. And if you have to, and if it is canceled because of COVID, you get your money back. So it's a win fucking win. KevinGoatee.com, guttingthesacredcow.com, articles every single day, as, as, as Kevin has just massively put it. Come to the live show, buy merch, GTSC podcast. This has been an absolute fucking blast. Yeah, fun this for is us. easily going to be a top three episode. I have no doubt in saying that. Kevin Goatee, Kevin Israel, Dave Landau, you're a fucking juggernaut. We love you. Awesome Thank job. You. We'll see you next time, everyone. Take care.